we have been in a series called Upright at our church, and I know that we have a few people visiting today, some people in for a baby dedication, and maybe you've wandered in today, maybe you're a first-time visitor. I would love to meet you after the service, give you any more information about the church. Um, but we have been, this is part six of our series called Upright. Now, what this series is all about is we read throughout Scripture, and those of you who have been here for six weeks in a row, you, you've heard this spiel before already, but we see in Scripture that God lays out before us the path of the upright. He says, if you walk this path, if you are upright, if you live this way, things are going to go well for you. It's a very prominent theme you see throughout Scripture where God says, if you do this, if you trust me in this, things are going to go well for you. And we see that it's not just a matter of doing things for God because he's, you know, wants us to do what he says. It is that God has our best interest in mind. When he says, if you'll do this, life is going to go well for you. If you do this, and so we've been talking about things like confession, bringing the hidden things in us into the light of of Jesus' mercy. We've been talking about forgiveness. Christy preached a great message on just obedience, how so many times it comes down in our faith to God saying, I'm asking you to do this and for us to be willing to obey. So we've got a couple more weeks of this series. We're going to do one today, and then we're going to wrap it up next Sunday. And I invite you back next Sunday. We'd love to have have you join us. Um, but today, we're talking about something, again, a lot of these are countercultural, and we're definitely talking about one today. And this week, we're talking about what the Bible says about stewardship of our resources, the finances that God has given us, what we do with that, how do we become good stewards of that throughout the scriptures, in the Old Testament, even in the parables of Jesus, in the, in the epistles, it all says the same thing, if you'll trust God in this area of your life. You'll be free of all the things that go along with it. You'll have this peace that comes with knowing that God is taking care of you and providing for you. We're going to start out today in Proverbs chapter 3, and we were there last week talking a little bit about this. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 through 10 is what I'm going to start with today. And uh, verse 7 and 8 we read last week, but I'll read them again. Proverbs 3, verse 7, it says this, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And that was last week's message. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Continuing on in verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats brim over with new wine. I love how it starts out, and I wanted to include that verse from last week. Do not be wise in your own eyes, in verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't live the way according to how the world would say to do this. Now, of course, if we're thinking, you know, and, and uh, the writer of this proverb is using, you know, farming as an analogy. Your barns will be overflowing with harvest. So if we're using that as an analogy, in our world, what we would say is, well, if I want to make sure that I'm provided for, then I just got to keep everything for myself. That would be how the world works, and we see this, you know, all around us. If I want to make sure my family and I are provided for, I got to hang on to everything. I can't share anything. I can't give anything because I got to make sure we are. T- I got to make sure my barn is full and that I've got enough for everybody to be taken care of. And what we see in Scripture, what we see in these verses today, what we're going to talk about today, is that God says there's a different way to do it. There's a countercultural way to do it, a way that goes against your natural thinking. Honor God with your finances. Honor him, put him first, and then things are going to go well for you. Your barns will be full. You will be provided for. It's not a secret that money 
is one of, if not the hardest way for us to live according to honoring God. It's probably one of the last things we love to bring under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's the thing we like to hang on to the tightest. And you know why? Because, well, we know this. Money is where we get our stuff, right? Money is how we provide for ourselves. But more than that, it's, it's more than just buying toys. It's where we feel like a status or our value as a person, our worth. It's where we feel comfort or security, or peace. If we have enough kind of set aside, we can say, okay, now I can be at peace because I feel like I've got enough set aside. Well, here's the problem with that, and here's why God wants us to bring this under his lordship. is because who does God want us to look to in order to find our worth and value, or our security, or our peace, or our comfort? Who does God want us to look to for all of those things? Him, right? Him. And yet we latch onto our resources as a source of all of those things, which is why God wants us to bring it under his reign, under his lordship, and to honor him first. So, all right, everyone just kind of take a deep breath. And I, you know, you probably, some of you are probably here thinking, I have not gone to church in years because every time I went to church, the pastor was always talking about money, right? And you're like, oh, maybe I'll give it one more try. Or maybe, you know, the Amundsons are sitting here thinking today, great, my family's here. I got my family. I dragged them to church, and the pastor's preaching about money. I want you to just kind of relax. We've already taken the offering. We're not going to pass the buckets again. This is not, we're not pulling a bait and switch on you or anything. Um, and I know that your suspicion about churches talking about money is often well-founded because there are a lot of churches, a lot of stories of churches mishandling the resources that they have been given. So I wanted to give you just a couple of details. And as, if, you're not a, if you're not a homestead attender, regular attender, this, you can just check out for a minute or maybe you're already there. Um, but how we handle money at Homestead. At Homestead Church, we are part of a denomination called the Assemblies of God. Um, so there are Assemblies of God churches all around the country, all around the world. We have a district office, a district superintendent who is my boss. He's my pastor. But really, this is a, a source of accountability for us. The district office does not tell us how to do things. We are an, an autonomous church. We can run things pretty much however we want. Um, and the district also doesn't just send us money every month, say, hey, here, build a church. We fund Homestead Church through the giving and donations of the people that come to Homestead Church. So everything we do is supported by the donations. That's why we pass the buckets on Sunday. That's why we collect the offerings, so that we can support the ministry of this church. Now, Stephen mentioned it. We have a number of ways. A lot of our regular attenders will give online or through their banking bill pay system. You can download our Homestead app. You can go on our website. There's online ways of giving because we know that the days of bringing your checkbook or having cash on you is, you know, we don't... We don't live in that world too much anymore. Uh, but this is how we support ourselves financially, through the generous donations and faithful giving of the people of our church. Debbie Lanier, is she here? She might actually be counting the offering. I was going to highlight. Debbie Lanier is the church bookkeeper, and she manages all the finances at this church. She does a great job. She's probably counting the offering right now. Um, she pays all the bills, handles the deposits. There are other leaders, including myself. We have a board of advisors. We all see the finances of the church. So there's not just one person kind of managing everything. Um, right now, as they're counting the offering, we have more than one person in the room. So really, all this to say, we take very seriously how we handle God's money here. We take very seriously how we handle God's money. I take that very seriously as the pastor of this church. I recognize this is God's money. 
I am not going to mess around with it, right? And I think that's probably the best way for us to bring our personal finances into line with what God wants is to make that recognition first. This is all God's. This is all God's. You're thinking you're hanging on to your money and you're going to give God some. God has provided for you everything that you have. God has provided generously. It is all his. If you give to Homestead Church, it's tax deductible. You'll get a giving statement. We'll have a business meeting at the start of the new year where we'll lay out, here's how we spent the money. If you're a regular attender of this church and you have questions about how we're spending money, you can come talk to me or one of the board members and we, we can show you how, where the money's going. Nothing, we, we want nothing to be hidden. This is not like a, a secret thing where Christy and I take all the money home after the service and we pile up the big you know, stacks of cash and grab fistfuls of it and say, kids, we're going to Applebee's today. You know, you know There's nothing... It's nothing like that. We are operating in the black at this church. We are paying our bills. We're putting money aside. We're saving up for a building that we want to buy. And the giving that comes in pays for all the ministry. I've already mentioned that. We pay rent for this building. We rent this building on Sunday mornings after the Methodist congregation is done meeting. So we store all our equipment here. But we're looking for a church home that we want to have as our home. We pay for ministry, for youth events, for kids' ministry. It takes money to fund a kids' ministry. We have, um, you know, outreach events. We buy donut holes every Sunday morning. That's the important thing. You're like, yes, I'll give towards that, the donuts on donuts and coffee. Um, we have some staff members. We have youth pastors, youth directors. We have kids directors. The church pays my salary. Christy does not take a salary from the church, but the church pays my salary. So I recognize that that alone is a huge conflict of interest for people thinking, oh, sure, he's going to get up and talk about giving money to the church to the group of people who give to the organization that pays his salary. I get it. It's all a little weird. But what I want to reiterate to you is this is not about the money. Nobody's asking for your money today. God is not trying to get your money. We're not trying to get your money. What we're going to look at is this is a heart thing. This is a heart thing. This is something like all the other areas of our life that we want to bring under the lordship of Jesus Christ and say, how can I honor you with the resources that you've given me? That's what we're shooting for here. Okay, this is not about us trying to guilt you into giving more money. I'm never going to preach on money. I don't preach on it that often. And I'm never going to preach on it in order to get more because there's a, you know, we're panicking and we need more money. This is a heart thing. God wants your heart. And that's the whole point of this series, that God lays out an upright path for us to live on. A path of life where he says, if you'll do these things, it's going to go well for you. If you will honor me and put me first with your finances, it's going to go well for you. So what does it mean when we say that, honor God? We probably hear that a ton in church. When we honor somebody, what does that mean? Think about who we honor. Well, we honor people, when we honor somebody, we are letting everybody know they are important. That's really how we honor people. We are showing their importance. We honor that person. We are showing that they are important. So honoring God with our finances, like any area of our life, any area of our life, is to demonstrate, God, you are of utmost importance. So how I handle my marriage, I want to honor God in that. God, you are utmost important. I want to handle my marriage and family how you would want me to do it. How we live throughout the week, what we look at, how we, you know, how we talk to people, the relationships we have, all these things we bring under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We say, I want to honor you in how I do this. And finances is the same thing. Jesus, I want to honor you in how I use the resources you've given me today. 
So I want to look at three thoughts that we have. Three things that'll just kind of get us started. And maybe some of you are just like, oh man, why, you know, you're, you're clutching your purse more tightly or whatever, you know, anything like that. This is just to help us get started to get rid of the, you know, money can just have a grip on us, right? That it leads to just fear and materialism and, you know, all these things. We just want to let that go. And so that actually is the first thing, the first point today to help us get started on this is loosen your grip. Loosen your grip. The first step in showing God that he is the most important is to stop living like we're the most important. Okay? The first step to show God that he's most important is to stop living like we are most important. I want to read some verses from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says this. This is Jesus teaching the crowds and the disciples that were around him. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We have a great capacity to hold on tightly to what is mine. And we see this with young children, right? That's one of the first words any baby in the house, when they learn to talk, one of the first words they learn is mine. You try to get that toy and they're like, no, this is mine. And they will let you know. We do that as adults with other things. We hold on tightly to what we believe is ours. And when we do that, we are revealing who is most important in our life. And so Jesus is teaching, where your treasure is, there is your heart. In other words... Jesus is telling people, if you want to know where someone's heart is, just follow the money, right? Just follow the money. If you want to know what's important to someone, one of the best ways that you can do it is to follow the money. This is why God asks us to be generous with our money, because it's the quickest way to reveal in our heart how much we are holding on to things. If you've ever had a moment where God has said, I'd like you to give this away, there's, I mean, this has happened in my, in my life. There's stories, we've told these stories before, where Christy has felt that I think we should give this away to this person. Unfortunately, and I'm ashamed to admit this, my first response often is just like, whoa, what if we need that? You know, my first response is to start grabbing on a little bit tighter. That reveals my heart. When God asks us to be generous, that reveals where our heart is. And when God asks us to be generous to somebody, to some organization, to maybe it's the church or to a friend or whatever, when God asks us to be generous, he knows that that's the best way for us to get rid of selfishness, to get rid of materialism, to get rid of greed and that tight grip on our finances, to get rid of that fear that it comes into our life when we're trying to manage everything ourselves and to hold on tightly to what's ours. I think about this with my kids I often think this, um, you know, I think of my kids growing up in our house, and I think, what are they learning just by watching us? What are they learning by watching us? I've mentioned this before. In regards to finances, I think, what are they learning about finances by watching me? What are they learning about faith in in a faithful God by watching me? Are they seeing a dad who is clutching onto everything, fear based, oh, I can't give this away, we can't live generously? Are they seeing a dad who is, you know, anxious anytime something comes up? Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Or are they seeing a dad who has a confident faith in God to provide? Are they seeing that in their mom and dad of, we know 
that God is going to take care of us. And we live in freedom. We live pushing aside that fear, and we live in that peace knowing that God is going to provide. That is what I want in my family. Too often it's the other one where I think my kids are looking at dad, freaking out about money again. I want to get rid of that. I want to live in confident peace that God is going to take care of us. So the first way to honor God with our finances is to loosen our grip because this is a heart thing. It's a way that we show, okay, God, I trust you. I was thinking about this this week when, um, when we would teach our kids to swim, you know, in a pool. Let's say there's a, there's a pool somewhere where there's steps going in and the railing and the kids are all fine. This is, you know, they're learning how to swim. I'm in the pool. I want to teach them. I want to teach them first that they can do it, but I want to teach them they can trust me. But they're holding on to that railing, right? And they're taking a step and about mid-leg, they're like, no, that's deep enough. So I'm like, no, come on in here. So I start, you know, trying to pull them in and they're holding on to that railing, right? They're not letting go. Because why? They think they're going to sink, you know, as soon as they let go. So I'm like, <laughs> dad of the year, pulling the kids like, no, you can trust me. Trust me, kids. And so finally, when they let go of that railing and they realize, okay, dad's not going to let me sink. Dad's not going to let me drown. He's got me. And this is actually way better living this way than clutching onto the railing, standing on the steps, never jumping in. This is what we need to do with our finances. And for some of you today, you've been doing that faithfully for years, and you're living in that peace, knowing that God is providing. You're living generously, and you're honoring God with your finances. Some of you today are clutching onto the railing, and God is saying, if you would trust me, if you would trust me, there is more for you. There's a life here ridding yourself of that fear, of that materialism, and I will provide for you. It's such a freeing thing to live not thinking we got to provide for ourselves, but live knowing that almighty, powerful God is going to be faithful to provide everything you need. So maybe this week, you could start just by reminding yourself every day. Wake up and say, what I have today is God's. It's not mine. What I have is God's. It's not mine. God, how would you like me to steward my resources? Second point is this. Give the first. Give the first. Probably should have made that the first point, since first is in it. But give the first. If we look back at Proverbs 3, those verses we read at the beginning, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. You see this throughout Scripture. God set up this principle, you give the first. And so if you were a rancher or a farmer and you had cattle, when you would have a, flock, a new animal born, they would say, you give that to God. You give the first one to God as a sacrifice, as an offering. If you were a farmer raising crops, the first fruits of the harvest you would offer to God as an offering. Now, he would do that because for us, think about this, it's really easy for us to be generous or obedient to God with what we have left over at the end, right? If we look at a month and we have the month's finances, we say, well, we got to pay all these things. And then I look at what I've got left over and I'm like, okay, God, you know, I see that I've got some left over. I'll give you some of that. It's a whole different deal to say, God, I'm going to give you first, trusting that you're going to provide the rest. So for a rancher, giving the first of the offspring to God, trusting that there are going to be more animals born to provide for the rancher, giving the first fruits of the harvest as a sign that, God, I trust you that you're going to bring the rest of the harvest. This is why God instituted this idea of giving first, because it's a, it's a faith thing. It's not about a money thing. It's a faith thing. It reveals, okay, do I trust that God is going to do this? And God is saying, trust me. Give me the first thing and trust me that I'm going to provide. There's a word that we talk about in church called, it's tithe. 
tithe, and that just means tenth. And what we see throughout the Old Testament is that God is saying, give one-tenth, give the first tenth. This is a trust thing. Some of you today are thinking, man, if I gave 10% of my income to God, man, what in the world would we do? What would I do? But this is where God says, just trust me in this. Loosen your grip. Give the first. Let go a little bit because I've got no problem providing for my kids if you would trust me and honor me. Malachi 3 verse 10 says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then get these words. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It's one of the only times where God in Scripture says, test me in this. Test me. Try it out. You know, let go of the railing. Get, off the, get out of the shallow end. Test me in this and see if I will not provide. We've seen it in our family. Christy and I have seen it in our life where we have obeyed God, where there's been times where God said, give generously to this. We are, obe- we are obedient to tithe. We tithe. When I mentioned the district office. That's where my tithe dollars go, to the district office to pay, um, to pay for their ministry. But we've seen it. We've tithed ever since we got married. And we learned that from our parents. Our parents were very diligent in teaching that to us. And we're doing that to our kids. But we've seen God provide. We've seen God provide. And we walk through every day recognizing we are under the care of a powerful, faithful God. We are in way better hands now than we would be trying to manage all this ourselves and tightly gripping onto all of our resources. God is saying, trust, uh, trust me, test me in this, try it out, see if I won't provide for you. There's a great verse in Haggai, a small book in the Old Testament, Haggai 2 verse 19, it says this. I am giving you a promise. This is coming after a long season of drought for the nation of Israel, a long season of drought and famine, and this is what it says in verse 19. I'm giving you a promise now, this is God talking to the people, while the seed is still in the barn, You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not produced, have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. That verse is amazing to me. I just read that and I love it because what God is saying is, you haven't even planted the seeds yet. The seeds are all still in the barn, ready to be planted. The trees haven't even started to bloom yet. There's no fruit, there's no harvest. You haven't even planted the seeds yet. And yet, I'm promising today that I'm going to provide for you, that I'm going to bless you, that everything you need is going to happen, that it's not about what you store up in the barns. It's not about the harvest that you have. But God is saying, even when the seeds are still in the barn, I'm promising you, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide everything you need. From this day onward, I will bless you. It was about the challenge to the nation of Israel to put their hearts right with God, to honor God with everything. For you today, I think there's probably some people here who are hearing this message and you're just thinking, I can't, I can't even pay the bills. I can't even pay the bills. There's probably people here who are really struggling financially. And I want to you know, speak those words from the Old Testament over your life while the seed is still in the barn. You, know, you might not even have the new job lined up yet. You might not even have the return on whatever you're waiting for, or this thing from your work that you're waiting for. You, the, the resumes still might be on the desk. The seed is still in the barn. And yet God is here saying, if you will honor me, I will be faithful to provide everything that you need. If you will put me first, I will provide everything that you need. Right? 
Trust him in this. This is what it means to put God first in our resources. I trust him and his ability to provide for his kids. And the third point is this. The first was loosen your grip. The second one is give the first. And the third point is this. Steward all of it. Steward all of it. It's not just a matter of, okay, God, I'm going to give you some at the first, and the rest is all mine. I can do with it what I want. Be good stewards of what God has given you throughout, through all of it. So manage it well. You'll see throughout the New Testament, Jesus telling parables of, you know, he tells parables all the time about people who were entrusted with things, the parable of the talents, other the wise and foolish servant, all these things where God is saying, I've given you something, now how will you invest it? How will you steward it? And what we see in Jesus telling these stories is that the people who were open-handed, willing to, to invest it, willing to take good care of it, to manage it well, to cause growth, that was the people that Jesus was pleased with. The people who held on to it, kept it for themselves, those are the ones that Jesus was not pleased with in these stories. So what are you doing with the resources God is putting into your care? What are you doing with the resources that God has given you? There are things that can derail us in our life. And one of them is just financial burdens. One of them is just being buried under debt. One of them is just poor financial decisions. How are you stewarding what God has given you? I want to encourage you, if you are, you know, miss, maybe some of you today, the best thing that you can do to honor God in your finances is to just start living on a budget, just to start getting out of that debt. Position yourself where God can say, I want to move through you. I want to pour more resources so that you can be generous to others, but we got to get your house in order first. We have to get your house in order. Start paying off that debt. Start living within your means. Tithe, save, and then live generously and joyfully on the rest thanking God for every step. Maybe the takeaway point for some of you today is to stop thinking, I will be happy when I have this level of income or this amount of resource. And start by every day just thanking God for how he has blessed you. Having a heart of thanksgiving, Lord, you have been so good and so faithful to get our eyes off of the bills or the, the, the battles that face us and to get our eyes fixed on God saying, Lord, you have blessed me, you have been faithful in the past, and I know you will be faithful again, and I trust you, and I put you first, knowing that you are going to provide. God wants us to have a flow of resources in our life. We tend to think like we're, we're holding a bucket, like, God, pour out your resources so I can catch it and keep it for myself. And what God is saying, he wants to have the flow of resources where he provides for us, and we bless other people. We bless other people. He provides for us and we live generously. He is looking for, God is looking for people he can trust who are going to steward the resources well. He says, I want to pour out resources. I want to have, there's a need over here that I want to meet. There's a person over here that needs help and I want to funnel resources through my children. That's you and me to bless those needs, to meet those needs. This is what the flow of resources needs to look like for those who want to walk upright, who want to walk honoring God. And that's the work he wants to do. Today, it might be just changing that flow of resources. Today, it might be getting your house in order financially. We've offered a class called Financial Peace, and uh, we probably will maybe a year from now, next fall. It was a great class where people just, you know, basic financial information, trying to get out of debt, looking, you know, debt is a huge thing for a lot of families. They're just trying to get ahead, but they can't get out from under that mountain of debt. God, we have a friend who felt challenged 
um, several years ago to get out of debt. So he and his family, they worked really hard to get out of debt. And they're like, we're not even sure why, but they worked really hard. And within you know, a few weeks after paying off their final bill, they were out of debt. God called them to leave their work and to go into a new ministry where God was going to have them travel around and speak. And this was a calling of God. And they said, we would have never been able to receive that call if we were still buried under this mountain of debt. God might be challenging you today. I've got something for you, but get your financial house in order. Do the work. Take those steps. Be obedient. So as we wrap up today, how are we doing? We doing okay? Any, anything I said super offensive or no, it's all right? Okay. As we wrap up today, I just want to speak to those who money is just stressing you out. It's just stressing you out. Anytime there's a, an unexpected bill, and I go through seasons like this, maybe that's you all the time. It's just money is stressing you out. You're constantly fearful of what's going to happen next. I want you to switch your thinking from that. Switch your thinking from I have to provide for myself to I'm a child of God, and he's going to provide for me. Find that rest that comes in walking under the care of a faithful God. Walking upright in our finances means that we're free from the grip of materialism and selfishness and fear. We instead experience the blessings of generosity. We live in peace knowing God is our source of what we need. We live with a greater gratitude for what we have and not complaining about the things that we wish we had. We recognize that we have already been blessed because we have. And then finally, we get to see, when we live upright with our finances, we get to see our resources go and have kingdom impact. We see resources. We gave to a missionary last week. We took an, an offering for them. We get to see money that we give to missionaries go around the world and bring about a harvest of souls for Jesus Christ. We get to see the money that we give, the generosity that we have, meet needs in our community. Families that say, we didn't know what we were going to do, and then somebody came, led by God, and, and gave us something, gave us money. We get to see our investment of resources bear eternal fruit. This is what Jesus is talking about. Stop storing up everything on earth where it's just going to fade away and pass away. Be generous and think eternity. Be generous and think kingdom. Live with eternity in mind. We're going to get to heaven someday, and there's going to be people there who are going to say, I'm here because of what you gave. I'm here because you are obedient, and you funded that ministry, and I got saved through that ministry. There's going to be teenagers that are in heaven saying, because you funded grown-ups, because you funded a youth group where we could have events, fun events for teenagers to come to, I got saved at that. My family got saved at that. And now we are all in heaven because of that investment. This is what I'm talking about. This is not about the church just trying to get my money. This is what could we do with our resources if we brought them under the care and the authority of God. There is eternity at stake. There is eternal reward and return on our investment. So as we close today, I wanted to close with one more uh, passage of scripture found in First Timothy. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to have us all read this together. Let's all stand. We're going to close here in just a minute. Let's all stand together. Can we put that verse up on the screen? First Timothy six seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So before we read, we're going to read this together. The first line is command those who are rich in this present world. That's us. Okay. So unless you're thinking, well, that's not me. I don't feel rich. If you drove here in a car today and you have a house you're going to after service, you are richer than like 80% of the world. So we're going to assume, and we know, 
That's us, all right? So we're ta- he's talking about us. So we're going to read through this all together, and then we'll close in prayer. Here we go. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Next slide. Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. One more slide. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Leave that up there. Take hold of the life that is truly life. Don't you love that? Don't we want to live like that? Stop living for the counterfeit things where we think money is going to provide satisfaction and happiness. Take hold of the life that is truly life. This is what God has for us when we walk the path of the upright. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, first of all, we just take a moment and we thank you for how you have blessed us. We recognize it. We recognize it. You have been so faithful to us. We recognize that all of our resources that we have, and they are numerous, they are from you. They are from you, and we thank you for that. But they are not from you for us to keep. They are from you for us to steward and to give and to fund ministries, and to think eternity, to not store up treasures on this earth that are just going to pass away, but to store up treasures in heaven, to give with eternity in mind. So, Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us. And, Lord, I pray that you would challenge all of us to be good stewards of it, to get our houses in order financially, to live with with open hands, with open hands with our resources, saying, God, how do you want me to use these? How do you want me to steward these? So I pray that you would do that work in all of us. And Lord, finally, I pray for those who are here today feeling a financial burden, whatever it is. And if that's you, just, you know, talk to God right now. Just say, that's me, God. I am feeling a financial burden. If that's you, faithful God is here. Almighty God is here, the God who promises to provide for his kids. So God, I pray for those who are in financial burden right now, that you would... First of all, bring them peace. Right now, supernatural peace. That you would lift their eyes to you. Get their focus off of the battle that awaits them, but knowing that you are faithful. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to them steps that they can take to bring their finances into alignment with your upright path to honor you. And Lord, I'm praying for miracles that we would see you provide in amazing ways. So Lord, I pray that you would provide resources Thank you for providing for this church. I pray that you would continue to do that so that we can see our community and our world impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would make us more like you as we walk through each day this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, join us next Sunday for part seven, our final part of Upright. We'd love to have you join us. Invite a friend. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.